Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. You ready for the word this morning? I'm ready to bring the word. I love the fact that we get every week to come and sit under the word of God. And the word is life and the word brings light and the word changes us and shapes us and, and, and helps us. And I want to encourage you to get into the word. Don't let this 25, 30 minute period be all the words you get in a week. In John 15, starting in verse 1, it says this. It says, I am the true vine. Who's speaking here? Jesus. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it will bear more fruit. Have you ever been through a pruning season? I hate pruning seasons. I love the produce of the pruning season, but I hate the pruning season. And in my mind, it kind of makes no sense. The tree's growing well. It's bearing fruit. Why would you cut it back? It's it's to to laser focus in on what should be produced. Because I don't know if you've ever noticed a bush that's growing big and crazy and out there. It needs to be pruned back so it, it grows as it should. And doesn't grow. Oh, we've got a we've got a tree right now that we planted like two years ago, and it was this big, and it was given to us. And I thought, oh, well, that'll work in that corner of the yard. But it took off, and it's going crazy. And it's like three meters tall, and it's going over the neighbors' yards. And it's one of those those big trees that drops all its leaves. So now I'm dropping trees in the neighbors' yard. And we had to go through a while back and prune it back so that it grew as it should, not wild and crazy. And sometimes our lives are. There's fruit that's being born of our lives, but it's not fruit that God wants of our lives. And he says, I'm going to prune you back so I can get you growing as I want you to grow, so you can look like I want you to look. He says, you are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. They gather them, throw them into the fire, they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, how many times does he have to say, if you abide in me and I in you? Why does he, why does he keep saying, if I'm, I'm the vine, you're the branch, just abide in me? Why does he keep saying, abide in me? Because we generally don't. We, keep, we generally visit and then we leave. Yeah. We generally graft ourselves in and then we pull ourselves out. We generally enter in. This worship service is awesome. This prayer meeting is unbelievable. I'm loving this Bible study. Now I'm doing my life. But that's not what the Word says. The Word says stay connected. Abide in me. Stay in me. The Bible says in him we live and breathe and have our being. In him. So if we're not in him, are we truly living? Are we truly, are we true? Because it says, if you don't abide in me, you're withering. There's a, there's the perception of life, but really there's death. You ever pulled a, a, a leaf off a tree? And first day, it's still green. And it still looks alive. Because it was connected, but now it's not connected. Second day, oh, it's starting to curl a little bit. Third day, it's getting a little brown. Fourth day, there's, there's no life. The, the, the moisture's gone from the, the, the fluidity. In the, and fifth day, sixth day, seven, you can crush it and it, it just breaks away. We have to stay connected if we want to bear fruit. 
And, and the sign of connection in Christ is that you live fruitful without effort. It's not of yourself that you bear fruit. It's of, it's of the connection. The Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. Walking in Christ, living in Christ, staying connected to Christ is a fight, yeah. but it's a good fight. Yeah. And that fight of faith is, is where we should be putting most of our energy and excitement and passion and focus in staying connected to him. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so that you will be my disciples. I love that. By, by this my Father is glorified. By your connection to Jesus, God is glorified. What do I have to do to glorify God? What do I have to say? How do I have to? Just stay connected to Jesus. Just stay close to Jesus. Have Jesus in your in your world, in your vicinity, in your life. And I was thinking this week, there's a, there's a statement, and I usually let statements play over in my mind, and I think through a thought, and I think through a thought, and I think through a thought, and then something starts to happen where through the thinking of and the chewing on, and the, the, I start to get an understanding of the statement being made. But there's a statement that says the church grows in a climate of war. It's like, I, I don't want that. I want it to grow in a time of peace. I want the church. But, but ground isn't taken in times of peace. Because in times of peace, we generally settle. Because yeah. this is awesome. Yeah. This is peaceful. This is comfortable. This is convenient. But the church grows in a climate of war. We are living in a time where there is contention in the heavens. Yeah. Yeah. We, and, and you just have to go to social media, go to media, go to anywhere you like. You will see contention. Yeah. For societal norms, you'll see contentions for what were were foundations 50 years ago that aren't anymore. Yeah. And, and you're a this or you're a that if you don't believe this or don't say that. And if you don't agree with this or don't walk like that, you have the problem. There's, yeah. there's con Church, it's time to rise. Yeah. It's, it's time to be who we're called to be. It's time to function like the team, like the army, like the family that God has created. Yeah. And anyway, this, that was just a thought. That was a freebie. John 1, 5. Just, I'm going to reference all of my scriptures so you know that this is biblical, all right? See, sometimes I say scriptures, but I don't reference them. And you might just say, well, that's not scripture, but it actually is. But I'm going to reference everything just so you know that this is a sermon, not a pep talk, all right? In John 1, 5, it says, The light shines in the darkness, and the dark... I'm feeling a little bit naughty. <laughs> Sometimes when I get tired, I feel naughty, but sometimes, so, but anyway, is that all right? It's good to laugh in church. It's good to, if we're going to go and do what God calls us to do, or if we're going to be who we were created to be, you should enjoy your life. You, you, you should smile. You should laugh. You should, you know, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. What is the light? The light is you and I. The light shines. We are carriers of light. We are carriers of life. The Bible says, the Bible says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. One job. Greater is it. There is a light on the inside of you. There is, there is the source of power. There is a source of sustenance and breakthrough and this miracle working power on the inside of you. Yeah. That's what Ephesians says. It says the same power that God worked in Jesus Christ when he raised him from the dead is at work in you. That's unbelievable. There is a power at work on the inside of you, even when you don't recognize it. Yeah. 
even when you don't acknowledge it, yeah. even when you don't know it, there is a there is a power at work on the inside. What is that? Yeah. God's just in there, man. He's just working on you, and you think I'm a I'm a basket case. I'm hopeless. I'm this. I'm I couldn't do it. You're awesome. You're a miracle worker. You're a carrier of life. You're a carrier of light. You're that, I, I don't know. We just got to take a hold of the fact that. We matter in the earth. You matter in the earth. You being you matters. You carrying that light. You being a dispenser of faith, hope, and love matters. Let's do it. Let for the and if it's not for you, for the next generation. Let's let's do it. Amen. Matthew five sixteen. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. God gets the glory. When we shine, yeah. God gets the glory when we remain. Yeah. See, glory is not meant to rest on us. Yeah. We are always meant to feed off and, and fend off the glory back to God. Yeah. You're doing this, you're awesome. I know, because of God. This is happening in your life, you're succeeding, you're because of God, yeah. because of His goodness, because of His thereness, because of His presence, because of His connection. He never lets go of me. Yeah. The only time connection is lost is when I let go of Him, but He never lets go of me. Shine by that God is glorified. John 14, starting in verse 2. My father's house has many rooms. This is what I kind of want to look at. My father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. My father's house has many rooms. There's enough room for everyone, and I'm going there to prepare a place for you. I love that. That, that sounds like an invitation to the table. In my father's house, there's room for you in the house of God. There's room for you in the family of God, but there's also room for others in the family of God. Let our light so shine that God is glorified and his house is filled. And, and, I, and I want to encourage you. I, I need to keep reading this stuff. I need to keep chewing on this stuff. I need to keep reminding myself. You know, there's a scripture that says they limited the Holy One of Israel because they remembered not the former things. And we need to remember the former things, the, the good things God has done in our life, the miracles he's performed, the, the Red Sea that he parted, the, the quail that he sent, the manna that was delivered, the, the miracles that took. We have to remember what's been so we can remind the next generation what's coming. Because yeah. he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. And, and I, I just want to stir ourselves, and I want to remind us this morning of the vision of C3 Noosa which is, is the vision of most churches. But, but if I break it down to its simplest form, I can tell you a whole lot of things, but if I break it down to its simplest form, the vision of C3 Noosa is God glorified and lives transformed. Yeah. That, that's our vision. That, that through our lives, God would be glorified and others would be transformed because we're carriers of power. We're carriers of life. We're carriers of hope. We're carriers of peace, reconciliation. Forgiveness. We, we, we don't hold grudges. We forgive easily. We're generous. We're givers, not takers. That's who we are. And lives are transformed because of us. Yeah. You have to know it's Jesus. It is always Jesus. But, but through our lives and through our connection and through what we do, God is glorified. So the glory doesn't land anyway. It keeps getting sent back. So, so we want to be a house with many rooms where there's space for everybody to come and abide. And that's what I was talking about last week, Isaiah 54, or the week before. 
uh, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch out your, your curtains, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, go to work on yourself. And, and I just think it's important that we do so we live like Jesus wants us to. Amen? And uh, we need a vision. Let's get a vision for the coming days of the move of God. And I'm, I've said it for many weeks now, but I am sensing that uh, the Spirit of God is, is moving and, and the depth of the Spirit is increasing in our nation and in the nations. And, and like I said a few weeks back, I was just in New Zealand and, and just saw a move of God. And we saw, we saw creative miracles on the spot. We saw healings. We saw salvations. We saw people delivered and set free. And God wants all of us to be a part of that, to play our part within the family for that to flow. And when we all do what God has called us to do individually, uniquely, through the giftings and talents that he's placed into our lives, there's a, there's a, you know, a synergy that takes place. And then the flow continues and the flow increases and lives are transformed. And so I, I want to challenge us to find our place within the vision. How do you live a life that glorifies God? And what do you do with your life that leads to transform lives? And that's a lot. Let's chill on that for a second. But, but how, how, do I, how do I live? Because am I just in a rhythm and flow for me, or am I looking actively to live like Jesus wants me to? Amen? And I love this in John 15 because it says, you can't achieve anything. You can't do anything. There will be no fruitfulness. There might be activity. You might see perceived productivity, but there won't be fruitfulness in your life unless you remain in me. And I'm like, I, I wonder if we deceive ourselves at times, walking around thinking, I'm fruitful because I'm busy. I've got a full calendar. I, I can't answer your calls or respond to your texts because I've got a big day on. I wonder if I think in my mind that that's fruitful, where really it was just busy. And a mate of mine used to preach that, you know, if the devil can't get you bad, he'll get you busy. So most of us aren't walking around actively sinning and looking for bad things to do. We're just busy, so I can't do the things that God wants me to do. But if I was connected, sitting in a place of strength and peace, I would have clarity on what I should do as opposed to what I have to do. Because most of the things we have to do, we don't actually have to do. That's right. I just think I have to do it. And I just think that's what's important in my life. But if I left it for an hour, it'd actually be all right. And if I didn't do it for a week, I might still be here. Do you know what I mean? There's things that this is life and death. Well, it's probably not. But God's ways, we were talking the other week about God's ways being a better way. But I have to stay connected to know the better way because that's where it flows from. That's where the source, that's where the direction, that's where the wisdom comes from, from the flow. And, and I love this because it says that according to, in John 15, a, a disciple is defined as someone who is connected to the vine and bearing fruit in life. And we all want to bear fruit. We all want to succeed. We all want to produce. We don't, we don't want to fail. There's not too many people I know that want to walk around like, I just want to fail. I just want to tank it on this one. I just want to. We, we want to, to bear fruit in life. But the thing is, what does that mean and how do I do it? Yeah. What, what does that mean to, to be connected and bear fruit? What, what does that mean and, and how do I do it? And I, I honestly think that for us to abide in him, we have to accept what he's done for us. We have to accept the cross and just break that down to what, what is that? What does the work of the cross look like in my life? 
Because the cross is of effect. We should, we should be marked by the Jesus effect. Because I accepted Jesus into my life, my life now looks different. Not perfect, but transitioning. Not, I'm not there, but I'm journeying towards what the cross was purposed for. So I've got to accept what he's done, and then I've got to accept his ways. And, and like I've said many times, that we don't always like God's ways. Because God's ways take time. And God's ways cost us something. And God's ways may not be congruent with my desires. Do that. No, I don't want to do that. I want to do this. He says, yeah, but just do that. And then this will work out. No, but I don't want to do that. I want to do this. I have that, I have that dilemma most days. Go and do this. I, I don't want to do that. I want to do this. This will benefit me. He goes, yeah, but I'll benefit you if you benefit him. Is this, is this helping anybody? Great pep talk. Like, <laughs> you feeling pepped? Yeah. Hey, little peptides and get them in there. I was thinking about this this morning. That a disciple isn't someone who loves Jesus only. Because what is a disciple? Well, really, a disciple is a disciplined one. Somebody that lives according to a set of standards and disciplines. And, and, and a, dis, a disciple isn't just someone who attends church. A disciple isn't someone who studies the scriptures just to increase their knowledge. Because sometimes we can convince ourselves of I'm a disciple because. But it says that a disciple is someone who's connected to Jesus and does the things that produce righteousness because of that connection. We are meant to be producing righteousness through our lives and through our actions and through our... See, you know, a, a picture is worth a thousand words. Our lives should paint a picture that tells people a story. That points people to Jesus. Not so much what I say, but who I am and what I do. Uh, and, and, you know, God doesn't want to be a religious symbol hanging around our necks. God wants to be active in, in, in the middle. He doesn't want to be the last resort. I'm crying out because, God, I'm, I'm going under if you don't come through. And I hear people praying those prayers all the time. And, and I get sent messages, oh, yeah, I need you to pray for this because of this. I'm like... What have you done for the last six months that have fed into the situation that have led to the moment? Because yeah. a moment took a long time coming. Yeah. You don't generally wake up and then you're in the middle of the end of the world. Yeah. It started coming quite a while ago, but I didn't want to break out of, and I didn't want to stay grafted into, and I didn't want to hold on and stay connected to, because this was working then. And there was the appearance of life, but I disconnected. And now I find myself here, all curled up with no life on me. So what does it look like to abide in God? And I'm, I'm going to be quick here. We've got to abide in his word. And, and like I said, please don't take what we bring on a Sunday. And it's, it's going to be good. Justin's teaching is some of the soundest, best Bible teaching there is. It's going to, but, but don't just base your life on what you hear in 25 minutes. Go and travail and press in and consume the word for yourself. John 1, starting in verse 1, says, In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him nothing was made. In him was life and the life was the light of man. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not comprehended it. If you want to hang out with God, get into the word. I was, I was, I, I read the word, I study the word, and then I listen to the word. So on the way into church this morning, I, I was just, I was just going through the book of Jonah, the prophet Jonah, 
And, and it was because I, I, I realized things and I'd heard things that I'd never heard before, and I've read that book a hundred times. But every time you read the word, there's something that, that, that yeah. engages, and, and it's almost like a plug-in point. Have you seen The Matrix where he plugs in? It's like that when you truly plug in and go, I, I want it, I want to learn. The amazing thing so is that the prophet, it starts with the prophet Jonah. And God spoke to the prophet Jonah, and what prophets used to do is they would hear the word of God and they would deliver the word of God. It says the prophet Jonah ran from God. I'm like, that's not what a prophet's meant to do. But I go, how often do I do that? How often do you do that? God's talking to you. And God's talking to you about good things. I want to deliver an entire nation. I want to set a whole people free. I want to turn sinners around to me. No way. They deserve what they get, and I'm running this way. I want this people group blessed. I want this family to experience my goodness. No, they hurt me 25 years ago. I'm running this way. Every time we run from God, people get hurt more than if we run to God and do what he says. Because it says he paid a fair to sail in the opposite direction. God asked him to do something that would deliver thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people. He goes, no, I'm paying a fair and I'm going the other direction. And then they found themselves in a storm. When we disconnect and when we run from what God is calling us to, there's always a price to pay. And others will be affected by our disobedience. That was just a, a side thought. But if you want to... Read the Word. Listen to the Word. Get apps. Get whatever you need to do. Just get the Word on the inside of you. Our pastor you know, used to express to us that it's like ballast in your soul. Yeah. And, and when the storms of life come, you will have more on the inside of you than is coming against you. Yeah. And it's like it, it holds you true and it holds you strong in life when you have the Word on the inside of you. Yeah. Nothing happens in life outside of the Word of God. God's words then shape your words. And I find when I'm in the Word, I, I, I find that I know when I'm speaking to somebody whether they've been reading their Word. Because the way they speak to me doesn't sound like the Bible. The way they express their situations doesn't sound like faith, hope, and love. It doesn't sound like be anxious for nothing. It doesn't sound like I am a conqueror in Christ. I am more than a conqueror. That, that, that greater is he that is in me than he that is with Because I can hear when they speak to me <coughs> That they're not in their word. And I go, you want the wisdom of man, but this is this is the strength of the heavens. Yeah. This, this is eternal. This will carry you through life. I can only encourage you. I can only sympathize with you. I can only suggest that you do something in life. But if you get into the word, it will change your life for eternity. Amen. Genesis 1, starting at verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Your future is in the words you speak. And like I said, your words that will be spoken will be shaped by the words that you read. And if you are in the word of God, that will shape, that will arrest your mouth. And you will say things that you wouldn't usually say and you won't say things that you would usually say. Because you frame your future by the words that you speak. And I want to encourage you, breakthrough is in the word. The wisdom you need for life is in the word. Peace for the situation you find yourself is in the word of God right now. Joy is in the word. I, provision is in the word. And I was thinking about this, that not reading our Bible is like going to the front line of a, of a heated battle without armour. Yeah. 
and without without weapons. I'm just sitting here subject to whatever comes against me, whatever the devil wants to throw, whatever lie he wants to speak, whatever discouragement he wants to pour out, I'm just sitting there. It's like I'm under this waterfall of, of discouragement and death. But God says, I, I've given you the, the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, they're spiritual and mighty in the to the pulling down of strongholds. That, that there is an authority on the inside of your life that you will never tap into and never take hold of unless you get into the Word of God. Okay. So I, I want to encourage you. And, and you know what? The Bible is boring when you read it once a year. It is. It's like Levitical laws. What the heck do I want to know about the Levitical laws? What do I want to know about the, you know, the, there was this many people in this tribe and this many people and these guys went here and these guys had land allotted to them there. And it is boring. <laughs> but when you read it every day, it comes alive. Yeah. And you see the hand of God moving from generation to generation. Yeah. to gen You see a people pressing in, being blessed of God, and then people pulling back and the curse of heaven coming upon them. Yeah. You, see, you see life working when people did life God's ways and then life not with. It comes alive and becomes this, this picture which becomes a self Fulfilling prophecy because I go, I want to live like that. Wow. I want to I want to walk in God's ways. I want to I want to live according to the word. I want to do what God says. And then I start, now my life's working and it's good. Yeah. Get into your word. Amen. Yeah. You know, when Jesus was tempted by the devil, he said, It is written. Okay. The Son of God spent time in the Word. The Son of God knew the will of God. And he walked in that will, and he said, when he was tempted, he didn't say, go away. Do you know who I am? Do you know, do you know who I am? He said, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from my Father in heaven. Be gone for me, Satan. He says, do not tempt the Lord your God. He spoke scripture. You have an ability to speak yeah. scripture to your circumstance. Do it. And then in a month's time, come back and tell me if it didn't work. Because the Bible says not one, and this is Isaiah, by the way, I'm just <laughs> not one word spoken in the name of Jesus will return void, but it will accomplish that for which it was sent. Yeah. It's not a word that you speak with the power and the authority of the name of Jesus that doesn't get sent out with, the, with God backing that and then returning it back into your life as strength and sustenance and protection. And it is like a shield around your life. Abide in his will. The second is abide in his will. 1 Thessalonians 4.16 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. You know, John 15, by this I am glorified that you bear much fruit because I'm abiding, because I'm connected to, because I'm grafted in. And one of the greatest temptations in life is not to stay grafted when things are going well. Because I prayed for this breakthrough, and I prayed for this provision, and I prayed for this wisdom, and I prayed for my circumstance to change, and it did. Now I'm going to go and do my life by life. Right? Yeah. Where the smartest thing to do would stay connected to the reason for the breakthrough. Yeah. Stay connected to the reason for the peace. Yeah. And I've seen people undo their lives simply because life was good. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Life's good. Yeah. He's for me. He's not against me. I'm wonderfully well and blessed, highly favored of the Lord. And then, and then they start walking in a different direction. I said you were wonderfully well and blessed and, and highly favored of the Lord because you were connected to God. Yeah. Because yeah. in him is life. <laughs> and that's yeah. a lot of Paul in Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
I think it's just a continual recognizing of our lives have been purchased. They are no longer our own. The, the word says, if you would find your life, you must first lay down your life. Yeah. Yeah. That, that the, the, the life of faith is a life of dying to self daily and abiding in his will. And the byproduct of that is you live blessed. It's not that bad a deal. It's not that bad. That's not the biggest of problems you can have in life. God favors me. God's for me. Now, he's no respecter of persons, but he does favor people. Yeah. And he does bless people. And, and that's what it says in 2 Corinthians. It says, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of faith. Behold, salvation and favor are upon you today. Yeah. I, we can just walk in that if we abide in his will. Seeing now it says you abide in his presence. I, I, during worship, I'm like a little kid. I, I, can, I, just stay, I just love worship. I truly do. And it doesn't matter if I put worship on in the car or I worship song on at home or... You know, I, I just love worship because I that's my connection. I literally can go from that to hearing from God or seeing a vision from God or sensing the presence of God in a moment. And, and I want to encourage you, do whatever you need to do to attract the presence of God to your life. The scriptures don't grieve the Holy Spirit. So, so I want to encourage you, if do what do what you need to do to get the Holy Spirit close. The Bible says, draw near to God, Galatians, and he'll draw near to you. So, so, but what I, I want to say is, is, what is that for you? Yeah. I was in Yamba yesterday, and I, 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 my little niece who was sleeping in the, in the room over, she was crying from four in the morning, so I thought, I'm not going to go back to sleep, so I'm just going to get up and walk. So I walked around Yamba, and walked around the headland, and looked at the rock walls, and I looked at the boats, and, and I just walked for a few hours. I just, I just had time with God, and I sensed, I, I literally sensed like God was walking next to me. And there was a 30-minute period where I, I didn't say a word. I've been crying out, God, I love you, and thank you, Father, for your goodness in our life, and thank you, Lord, for this, and thank you for bringing family together. And then I just stopped, and I just walked, but I literally sensed like the Holy Spirit was next to me. And I tell you, that's all I needed. I, I literally didn't need anything else in life. I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about what I had. I wasn't thinking about what I was dreaming for. I was, I was like, God's here. This is awesome. But if you abide in his presence, you will see God work in your life like never before and that overflow will get onto everybody else. Do you know we're just meant to be a, you know the Bible describes us as vessels? Yeah. But we're not vessels with lids. We're vessels. Get a picture of this. We're, we're a vessel without a lid. And God wants to keep pouring and keep pouring and keep pouring into your life until it's, what's what he's pouring into your life is splashing out of your life onto everybody else. He wants you to just be a vessel without a lid. Not that, that what he pours into your life is contained and stopped, but that it flows out and it splashes out. And as it splashes out, you get filled more. Yeah. Yeah. And as it splashes out, the, the more is poured into you. So, so your capacity is increased. You're, you've enlarged the place of your tent. You've got more to give. And I, and I hear people all the time say, I've got no more to give. I, got no, I can't pour out anymore. I can't do anymore. I'd say, how much of God do you have in you? Yeah. How much time have you spent in his presence? Is, is your life just frenetic energy and, and activity, or are you stealing yourself so that he can fill you so you have what you need? Because that's what the word says. God gives seed to the sower and bread for food. Yeah. That he will keep pouring out and keep pouring out and keep pouring out as you allow that flow in and through your life. Amen. You know, in Exodus 33, it says, Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face. As one speaks to a friend, 
Afterwards, Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. They would come to the tent. They would meet with God, Moses and Joshua. And Moses would go back and do what the leader needed to do, but Joshua just desired more of the presence of God. Joshua stayed in the tent of meeting. And Moses was the one that glowed, but Joshua was the one that stayed there and carried. And it was Joshua, after 40 years of walking in the wilderness, that delivered the people of God into the promised land. It was the one that dwelt in the presence of God. What does Psalm 91 say? Those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I I don't need to abide under titles. I don't need to abide under possessions. I I want to abide under the shadowing hand of God. It says, I'll lead you, and I'll protect you, and I'll be with you, and I'll I'll show you what to do. Amen? Amen. Last thing is this, and the team can come if you'd like to come. Or you should come, because I'm asking you to come. (laughs) Abide in his family. This is good. This is good. Family is good. Me getting together with, I, I felt I felt full yesterday. I drove back from Yamba, four and a half hour trip. I felt full. I felt good. I felt, that was awesome. And my cousin's already saying, everybody took photos, send your photos through, and we'll try and do this again next year. We haven't done this for 30 years, but, but I've realized how good it was to get together as family and to love on each other. And, you know, in that time, my brother passed six months ago, but my cousin also did as well. So I got to, I got to engage with my cousin, Shelly, and who lost her brother, and give her a hug. And say, I know what it feels like. Love you. Nothing else was said, but it was, love you. Kissed her on the cheek. We hugged and wouldn't let each other go for about a minute. And then, that's all I needed. Yeah. Sometimes it's not what we say or not. It's just being together and just giving each other a hug. Love you. You're awesome. And honestly, I come here and I feel encouraged by you. Not even our interactions so much, but you're here. We're here. This is a privilege to stand in the presence of God and be a part of the family of God. It's a beautiful thing. And and you know what? I think it's a beautiful thing because what I saw and what I noticed was all of my family, the older generation kind of stood back. And now the younger generation were in the center of the action. And on the Friday night, we got together to have this big, there was pizzas for days, there was food and guacamole and just all this stuff. But it was the kids in the middle, riding their scooters, playing the ping pong. But I thought it was worth making the effort to get together as family to see that. Because we don't exist for us. We exist for the kids. We exist for the youth. And the, and, and, and the, our kids. Because if you train a child in the way they should go, yeah. when they're old, they won't depart from it. Yeah. So I can come together as family now. I can unite my heart with you. We can worship God together and give Him the glory, and our kids will see it. Yeah. It's not about lecturing our kids and, and speaking scripture at our kids. That in the right time and the right time, you do that. You pray with them, you pray over them, you speak scriptures to them. But it's setting the example of faith, and, and I am connected to the house of God. I am a part of the family of God. If you just turned up and, and smiled and loved on God, your kids will be strengthened for the future. Amen? Why don't we stand to our feet? And Ezekiel says, The hand of the Lord came upon me. He brought me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of the valley and it was full of bones. 
He led me back and forth among them. I saw a great many bones on the valley floor. The bones were very dry. The reason the bones were very dry was because they were disconnected. They were isolated. I want to encourage us in the season that we find ourselves. Let's stay connected. Let's not isolate. Let's encourage one another. Let's breathe life into one another. And I say it all the time, but when I'm strong, you might be weak. But when I'm weak, you're going to be strong. And you can encourage me and I can encourage you and we can love on it. The only way we will ever be salt and light in our community is we stay connected to Christ and connected to one another. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.